Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Christina Jarena. Ooh, I kind of butchered it a little bit, but she has a nonprofit ministry on preparing people of all faiths for marriage and authored the book, Boundless Love, Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins. Christina, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much, Timmy. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today with you. Um, I will have to give props to my husband and um, apologies that he's not able to make it because he is my partner in crime, um, Javier. He and I co-wrote the book and it's been a, it's been a whirlwind ever since, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. And so I'll be representing our joint effort today. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we love to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun. That'd be great. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, I'm originally from Detroit, uh, Michigan. So, and I haven't lived there for a long time. Uh, and so, I've had um, a path of um, I'm I'm a social worker by trade, and I lived and worked in Spain for many years. So, I'm bilingual in Spanish. Um, no, I did not meet my husband in Spain, but it, it was a beautiful faith driven, you know, synchro destiny moment. Um, we are now married 16 years. We live on the central coast. So just near Santa Barbara, just north of Santa Barbara, California. Um, we just recently relocated from the Bay Area, but I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in New York City and San Francisco. And then when we got married, we were in the Bay Area. And we were in the Bay Area for a long time, like 16 years. And so this has been a recent life makeover. Um, What do we like to do for fun? We um, have two crazy, I don't know how we decided to do this, but we got two crazy dachshunds. Since we have two daughters that are teenagers, I think we just kind of got on the empty nest early. And so we got these dogs that um thank you jesus they're fine right now but they're a little nutty so we go on a lot of hikes with them and it's beautiful nature out here and that's how we unwind and just you know get into gratitude and 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 be together but also um find that open space in life because there's not much of it i love it i love it and tell us a little bit more about how you help people of all faiths prepare for marriage yeah yeah so um well, here's our book. Our book is um, Boundless Love, um, Healing Your Marriage Before It Begins. And um, this was really a labor of love. And what, what happened at, um, for us was we started serving. So we're Catholic um, and we're from sort of a Jesuit service oriented social justice background around Catholicism. So a lot of it, as my husband says, is Action Jackson. So it's about really living out your faith in real terms. Um, and which is a lot about my work also as a social worker and an educator. But in any case, what happened was in our marriage, um, we, like everyone, um, all of those things that you, those issues that you have, or, you know, if you've experienced childhood trauma, 
or just simply like, you know, patterns of behavior. I mean, we all have, I like to say the dysfunction junction in some degree from our families and where we're from. And so that gets all activated and marriage is kind of the rubber where the rubber meets the road. And so what happened is we had two daughters at the time. I was suffering from postpartum depression and I wasn't properly diagnosed. So I wasn't getting the support or treatment that I needed. And my husband was also by being a dad coming to terms with a lot of issues that came up and surfaced or resurfaced in his own childhood. And so on this evening of, um, this is all in the book, but in essentially in this, you know, paramount, like I the storm or perfect storm, I should say evening on his 40th birthday, which I was throwing a party for him. It all kind of came crashing down and it, it became this huge crisis. Alcohol was involved as well. So we had to really, um, from there, commit to sobriety and our own healing around the use of alcohol. And what had happened was we essentially hit rock bottom in our marriage, that we were contemplating divorce. Um, I had, you know, contacted a lawyer. I mean, it was bad. And my husband was traveling for work 50% of the time. So it was going to have to be really intentional to figure it out. And we relied on, at that point, our faith. It was really going to our spiritual source that kept us moving because we knew in our human minds and mindsets that we could not figure out really um, logically or rationally what we needed to do. And so we just started taking step after step, getting into therapy, um, getting involved in our, our church community and giving and serving and also um, really just opening ourselves up vulnerably um, to where we were feeling and, and why we felt that way. And it was very humbling. Um, and that was all laid against a backdrop of already having served. So we volunteered in a marriage preparation ministry already at that point for many years. So now sort of flash forward in time, we had about 17 years under our belt in that ministry. And we decided to, to, to write the book. It's his perspective versus mine. So we have like themes. Each chapter is sort of my version and his version. So that's always interesting to just kind of match up different realities in the same household and then going forward, how, how we were paired. So that was our moment. And we felt like if we could get through it and it was a, it was a messy, messy bottom, anyone can get through it. And we're just really strongly believe um, that we want to be helpful and serve others in, in their dark moment. I love that. I love that. So you hit rock bottom and then from rock bottom, you kind of went to like, leaning into service, leaning into community, leaning into really being vulnerable with each other and with community seeking help. And I kind of missed it. Did you then go into ministry helping married couples slash people who are engaged or was it a different sort of ministry? It, it was, um, so essentially we were part of an, an organization. And so then we branched out and did our own thing. So now we do um, marriage prepara preparation, facilitate, we facilitate retreats virtually and in person. So um, we've now, since we've moved, we start our own thing. We also do a whole battery of assessments, which is called Prepare and Enrich, which is for any couple. So it's even if you are contemplating um, any long-term commitment or you feel like you're in a relationship and you're stuck. And that is an assessment tool that we counsel around that really supports couples and essentially not only identifying challenge areas, but also strength areas that you can leverage and work with, right? 
So we kind of, we had our own background in service, but we just kind of amped it up and created more independence and in sort of being open to serving more people. And that's what we've done. We've, we've kind of doubled our impact now on our own. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. And so now it's mainly virtual retreats and in-person retreats or as COVID. Yes. Yes. It is. Well, right now it's been hybrid. So we do do both, but, um, the virtual has, in, has been in a lot of demand and it's also around, I think, this new paradigm of how our life is going to be impacted, right, by the pandemic so that people can be in the comfort of their own home and do meditation and prayer and get um, these exercises and support um, in a community that it's virtual, that they don't have to pay money to travel to, that it, you know, is more accessible, um, so yes, we, we definitely, we like to think we're pioneers in, in the retreat world of virtual life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. I love it. You guys should, uh, do a little side course of teaching other people how to do virtual retreats. <laughs> we should see you're giving me ideas already. That is an awesome idea. My husband is the Mac hobby is the master facilitator. So he makes you feel like, um, You've got plenty of stimulation. It's never a dull moment. Very interactive. Because it's so important to feel like you belong even when you're not in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And in addition to the retreats, you also have another kind of assessment that couples can take. And then you counsel them around that. Is that one-on-one? Is it group? So thank you for asking that. So Prepare and Rich is this um, best practice essentially that's been around. It's a virtual assessment tool for relationships of any faith, of any gender, um, of any orientation. And essentially the two individuals take the test online on their own, and then it creates a composite sort of summary. And it runs down in real terms, sort of the challenge areas specifically. And a lot of that is mismet expectation or communication styles, or family of origin, or cultural differences. And it doesn't mean that cultural differences have to be, for example, my husband's from Spain, I'm from the U.S. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that. It can be just your family of origin culture, or subculture, you know, and there's a lot of nuance involved um, that really impacts people, right, and how they interact. So you take that assessment, you get that summary, and then Javi and I together co-facilitate with that couple a whole rundown to really walk them through those golden nuggets of the assessment. And then we move on to um, a debrief session that the couple we ask do some exercises and give them some homework for them to sort of ingest it, process it, and own. Um, sometimes couples do stay on longer and do more than one debrief, but they're totally at will and it's really up to their own capacity and choice. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. I love it. That sounds good. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into your motivation now. You've talked a little bit to it, but what really gets you up and keeps you going every day? Well, I think my faith and my love of family is huge. Um, you know, I, I am very motivated by the people that I am relationally the most close to. And so our small but mighty family is a huge part of my why. Um, and so that definitely is part of it. But I also am a huge believer in trying, you know, in my own personal development journey of trying to be a good human. And that means being a lifelong learner, um, you know, really um, act, trying to activate in any way that I can to 
social justice or, uh, you know, any sort of movement that's happening in the world um, for people to be kinder and more just and more loving to one another. So for me, I'm involved in higher education and um, I'm in administration and that's been something that kind of stemmed out um, of my work as a social worker. So that also, all of this, you know, my, as well as my ministry with my husband, all of this works together in terms of trying to be a force of good in the world, try and give back more than I take. Um, the other thing in, in terms of boundless love is that I really feel like, you know, marriage is a vehicle for a lot of healing for people. I know it's a societal institution and people have different takes on that. But when you commit and have 100% accountability to a partner, there's amazing growth on the other side of that. And so that's also part of my why. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Marriage being a tool for personal growth. Yes, and not everyone recognizes that, perhaps because we may not all have great role models, right? Or feel like that's something that's accessible, but it's definitely impossible. And you're at will to kind of create the kind of relationship you want to create. Absolutely. I love that. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. Actually, before we make the switch into our dreams and goals, I was debating whether I was going to bring this up right now or a bit later. I chose now. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about the number one, or it sounds like a really important thing that comes up in relationships is expectations, right? That can mm-hmm. be a big barrier, a big problem that people have to deal with. Can you tell us about letting go of those expectations, both in our relationships and it happens in our personal life too, like it keeps us uh, unhappy when we have expectations, right? Can you talk to us about letting go of those expectations in relationships and in our personal lives and how we let go of expectations while also keeping standards, if Mm. that is a thing that we do? Absolutely. So I think the sort of the shortcut or the, you know, sort of the backstory around expectations, again, this is my perspective, and what I've seen um, in our in our ministry and our you know my own life um, and also my own lived experience right being in a, in a marriage myself but I think that expectations are often unmet when they're not clearly communicated either at the forefront or at some other like revisiting period of time so I think what happens is we harbor and hold on um, and even like sometimes hoard our expectations of others when we really don't own um, what we want, right? Or communicate, you know, transparently um, what it is. And then there's also this other dynamic where I feel like sometimes expectations can't be met if we don't have faith and confidence in ourselves and others that they can. So it's also this little sort of self-sabotage piece. Um, But I think that one of the biggest, you know, ways to reframe expectations is to own your expectations, to identify them, to communicate them as much as without harm or demand, but really just honestly, what's the need behind that emotionally. I think it's very different um, to say to your partner, like, I feel really loved when you do your dishes. Um, that's something that no one in my house did. I grew up in like a very poor household and no one cleaned anything in the kitchen. And when you do that, that makes me feel safe and secure. And I think if you come at it now, not everyone is 
obviously skills are able to do that, or perhaps sometimes we're just stressed and we can't access that. But as a goal, I think that's really important to, as much as possible, own your own expectations, communicate them, and also look at them, examine them. Like, what are your assumptions around your expectations? Because sometimes my expectations, at least in my own inquiry, are bogus. Like, it's like, why am I expecting that? Like, am I just like deferring or projecting my responsibility on to my husband? Like, he needs to fix that, or I don't want to deal with that, or I'm scared of what's going to actually go down if I address that. Um, so that's one thing I would say. Um, and then expectations, you know, in terms of professional life or just in general, I think it's a real opportunity to examine really, you know, your relationship with yourself. And a lot of times I think expectations come up when people have certain really rigid ideas of what success looks like. And um, are you able to allow and, and be grateful for what you have now and appreciate the opportunities before you instead of wanting it to go at a different pace or in a different way um, that maybe you are expecting it to go. And I think as a follower, as a believer, as, as a woman of faith, for me, I think a lot of my work um, as a Christian in terms of managing expectations is being able to go to God with them and to surrender them and to, and to allow um, life's course, right, happen. I'm an agent, I'm an active participant, I'm not a victim, but I'm also aware that I have limited control over certain things and that not always do I know the best case scenario. My version is not always the best version, so I'm willing to, to own that or try to own it as much as I can. The other question, I, and I don't think I answered your second part, Kimmy. I'm sorry. What was that again? The dream? Uh, you answered it a little bit, but how we can uh, let go of expectations but maintain standards. Oh, standards. Yeah, so I think um, that to me, that's something we talk a lot about in our book, and I think it's, it's really huge in all relationships, and it just presents itself really vividly in marriage, per se, when there's no back door and no escape route. Um, cause we can always quit a job. We can always like let a friend, you know, ghost a friend or whatever. But I think in marriage, at least the commitments on the line, um, and it's a little bit more pronounced. One of the things around standards in my view is a lot of it's around boundaries. So if I'm identifying certain values and beliefs, what ways am I able to communicate my boundaries, which are essentially I see as very synonymous or similar to my standards. So um, it's not like you're a doormat, right? Like you're loving and allowing and accepting and then like anything goes. No, you have clear expectations and you have certain standards, which I think are rooted um, often in your values and how you communicate them is how then you really, really lay out kind of what you expect in your standards for that into other individual. And then the other piece around standards too is that I do think it's really related to how you identify yourself and what you're worthy of, like your self-image, where you, um, how much you love yourself and you're willing to let be given to you. I think that that's sort of a little, you know, not a deep, dark secret, but I think that's definitely something that we all struggle. I think it's part of humanity is, is that ability to turn off your critic or to actually navigate some of that to remember what you deserve and so that you are really 
in relationship with your standards and looking at them and examining them. And all of this, of course, takes a lot of self-reflection too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I also love, love Christ and follow Christ. And um, it's something where I'm like standards, expectations, you know, the whole submitting and surrendering thing. Yes, that is key. But what you just brought up about self-talk really resonates with me because growing up, it was like Jesus, you know, took our place on the cross and because Jesus took our place on the cross, like God can now look at us and see Christ, like see, he can forgive us. Our sins can be forgiven type of thing. I'm like, if God can look at me and forgive me, why do I have so much trouble forgiving me? Mm. <laughs> like it's almost, um, mm. like, yeah. And we talk about, um, you know, at church and stuff, we'll talk a lot about, you know, sin and like, so premarital sex and like being jealous or being angry, but we don't talk about like the disobedience that like beating yourself up is or not loving yourself is. It's like, there are things that God says are true about us that we directly go against every day in very subtle, like <laughs> speaking negatively to ourselves is like, that's completely against being a royal priesthood, like directly, yes. you know? And so there's just a bunch of those things that um, I really like that you hit on that uh, kind of self-talk, self-confidence part and the whole self-sabotage aspect of it. Cause I feel like it is a, it shouldn't be a deep, dark secret because everybody struggles with it, but we really don't touch on how deep it runs very often. No. And I think that's because of shame. I think there's a lot of shame that we internalize in our humanity, right? We're like, we are sinful. Like it, and it doesn't mean that um, it, it, it's not like a character assassination. It's just part of who we are. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a difference. There's a, there's a, there's discernment there. There's a distinction to be made around being human and missing the mark in sin versus um, being loved and a child or son of God. And I think one of the things that's so key is to remember, you know, and hold each other. And I really feel like, you know, one time we had this deep conversation with a pastor, um, we've had many, but this is just one that sticks out. And um, he asked me, what's your job as a wife for Javier? And I was kind of like, oh, is this a trick question? Like, I don't know. Am I going to get graded on this? And, and I said, you know, to support him in being the best human he can be. And he was like, close. It's basically to get him into heaven. And what I heard was like, that is where we're at, you know, in our faith. And, and, and that's what marriage means to me is that you are, you're life giving to your partner because, you know, God is life giving to you. And that's, that's love. Right. And that sometimes it involves sacrifice. It doesn't mean that you annihilate yourself. It doesn't mean you abuse yourself. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that you, um, like you said, criticize yourself or talk yourself down or, or any of that. But it does mean that you do things that are inconvenient and then are and act in selflessness. And I, and I see that, you know, very much stemming in our faith that so much of, what makes you an active, like, you know, believer is, is thinking past your own kind of reward or self, self-interest. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I love it. 
Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us a bit about your vision for your company and your life. Well, for both of us, I think we are very excited to be back in the world. Um, we're speaking at a national conference this summer for folks that facilitate marriage preparation retreats. And um, it's a national organization, Engaged Encounter, that that supports folks through their church um, communities. And we're just so happy to have that like interaction. And I think our dream, to be honest with you, is to get in an RV. Yes, it's like a total stereotype. And just like preach the word and do workshops and just love on people in marriage. <laughs> yeah. So that's like right all over. And since we have family in Spain as well, it can be international. We're not just talking to you know, about the U.S. We do have a personal goal to go to every single state that's on our bucket list, right? And and be and bring love and bring compassion, whatever that looks like. Um, we need to get our kids fully raised and out of the house. That will happen. That's beyond a dream. That is a promise. <laughs> and um, and so that's that's where it's at. But I think, you know, for me, dreams are really inspired by how much can you give to others? How much, whatever way it is, um, I don't know how it's going to look, but I know that God will show us. And sometimes it's not really what I particularly want to do at that moment or like what I'm thinking, but I trust the process. And so that's our dream. And our goal is to essentially transition our lives to our ministry and to travel all around and, and build people up. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. So we got... <laughs> Get in the RV and preach the word, do workshops right? on people in marriage. Go to every single yeah. state, bring love and bring compassion. Get the kids raised and out of the house. Yes. I don't know what we're going to do with the dogs yet. I haven't gone that far. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards these dreams and goals, who would they be and how would they do it? And is one of them an RV salesperson? <laughs> too funny um I don't know they may be well I think um I always think of um of her because I think she's just such an interesting I mean she is sort of like this iconic figure but Mother Teresa I would love to meet her um I know she isn't like the person that everyone's like oh she wasn't always like happy or in a good mood like she's a human being and and but she just created so much impact of good in her lifetime and and really personified service in such a deep way and so she's certainly on there the other person um that just popped to my head and just because I feel like in my life um in terms of looking at my own white privilege and advantage as a white woman in in the US. I'm definitely interested in talking to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. because of his amazing faith, but also um, I think it would be very fascinating to, to see the human in him. And, and, and it's so complicated with such pivotal historical figures because a lot of times I feel like they're so elevated that it's almost like they're a god in a way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're just out of touch. And so I would love to be able to meet him and just have a sense of who he was as a human being too. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. 
There we go. Well, what is the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish your dreams and goals? Well, I think um, one of the things is to support other people is, you know, I, I take it on myself, but being surrounding around being around people who um, are behind our mission and also believe in us. And so when people vocalize their, their support, they come out for events or they just show a little message or a text, these things, or, you know, even just liking us like a post for on social media, boundless love, um, or on Facebook, these kind of things. It's just that receptivity that you feel like, wow, people really do um, do notice and, and are there and, and we're in a dynamic or, a, you know, a, a relationship that it may not be seen, but it's still there. Energy's crossing. So those are things that are huge, but the company you keep, whether whatever it is, surrounding yourself with people who believe in you and are super positive and encouraging, that's the way to be. Yeah, Absolutely. So be intentional with the company that you choose. Yes, very. And you can, and it's okay to be super picky. Like when you're younger, you may not, but it's okay. It's good to be picky sometimes. Back to your standards, Timmy. Back to the standards. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Ooh, okay. So, um my favorite book movie or podcast so i'm really into this podcast um it's a spiritual podcast it's very famous it's on being and um it's basically talking to um folks of spiritual different spiritual backgrounds um on their lives it, it goes on every single topic fathomable it's amazing um so that's that's what i'm listening to right now is it called on being yes I, I can actually, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on being, um, and it's, it's O-N, separate word, B-E-I-N-G, and the host, her name is Krista, and I'm blanking on her last name, but she is amazing guest, and it's, she's won, like, uh, several awards. She's, she comes from radio and now is in podcast, but it's beautiful. Gotcha. There we go. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? I need to exercise. Um, that is definitely a ritual for me. Um, I love to run and walk both. Um, and depending on where I am in my fitness level is maybe both like at the same, you know, run, walk intervals. It's all good. Um, I took a run this morning and it was, it was very healing. I just feel like that's where I have sort of a serenity and then I um go up some trails near our home and then there's a little spot where I can meditate and pray once I'm like already like down for my run which is huge um and then I also love yoga I really I've been a practitioner for over 20 years um and I I teach it to my kids even just like small um adjustments on the body I think it's really important to take care of your body and to listen to your body and that that definitely helps yeah, absolutely. And what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to really reach your dreams of, and goals of getting on that RV and spreading that, love, spreading that passion? <laughs> I think um, we are looking to write another book. 
so our outlines in the process. And I think that it's very important to build on your work and to keep um, really reaching out of your comfort zone and getting and getting your thoughts and experience down on paper. So um, we're looking at a spiritual parenting book. That is what most likely we'll be headed towards. But we're also thinking of a prayer journal. So there's a couple ideas in the hop. There we go. There we go. And we have one last question for you. All right. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to yes. accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make the switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that switch? Pain. <laughs> For real. I mean, I think, you know, Sometimes you have to you have to hit a serious bottom or a serious pain point, um, and just say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live like this anymore. I'm not gonna have this anymore in my life, or I'm not gonna do this. And we all have different thresholds. We all have different um, uh, kind of you know those those moments or awakening points of like this has got to change and. You know, they talk a lot about behavioral change that, you know, there's like a pre-contemplation, like, for example, when people want to quit smoking, right? They start thinking about like, oh, you know, I don't really feel good when I smoke a cigarette or have a cough or it's so hot outside. Why am I lighting up fire and putting it in my mouth? Like there's more heat, you know what I mean? Or whatever. They start thinking about it. And then perhaps they get to new cognitions around or new thoughts of like, this cannot happen. Like, I don't want to be a smoker anymore. I don't identify as a smoker I like don't this is not me and something there's a switch and I think a lot of times there has to be a pain point of you know maybe a loved one saying to you like I don't want you in my house if you're going to smoke or I don't know if I can be in a serious relationship with someone who's a smoker I mean there's all these different variations but I think pain is often a huge component of personal transformation and none of us want to go through it but growth is painful no matter how you look at it um, and I think we can develop stamina and patience and tolerance um, to pain. And once you go through, like you said, life with more of a growth mindset, you get that grit, right? And that resilience to be like, okay, it's just, it's painful right now, but it's got to end, right? Like it's not forever. And I can make, I, I can make changes to, to shift how this outcome was. So yeah. I, I think pain's huge. Yeah, Absolutely. I love that. Pain is a pain, rock bottom, very um, common answers to that question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not more original. No, no. I mean, there are only so many. I'm like, it's really pain. Maybe inspiration if you're lucky and you don't have to True. deal with pain. Um, but yeah, it's like you either got to keep that source of pain or source of inspiration in front of you every day. And uh gets going but awesome christina is there anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off no i just want to thank you for this opportunity i really appreciate your thoughtful structured questions you kept me on my toes and i just want to um encourage folks to go on amazon check out our book boundless love healing your marriage before it begins or if you know people that are getting married or contemplating getting married great gifts to give them we have an audiobook Really appreciate it. Or you can just find out more about us on boundlesslove.us. There we go. Well, awesome. Christina, thank you for coming on. Thank you. God bless.
Yes, God bless. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Christina had to say, make sure to go check them out on their website, pick up the book. All of the links to do so will be in the show notes. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.